With Emma Spear, Hysterical is the feature film, uh, play winner of Best Feature Film at the Toronto Comedy Film Festival. This is one of those interesting films because obviously it's more than just a comedy. There's so many like aspects and thematics in this film, but correct me if I'm wrong, this was supposed to be a one-man show that you guys turned into a film during COVID, correct? Exactly, yes. That's a gutsy thing to do. What do you mean, gutsy? It just it means that like it's like we it's like we have a one man show that we're going to put into production and it's like oh why don't we just make it turn it into a film and we'll emotionally involve the audience from a visual perspective for for ninety minutes. It was very um, it's very eerie, uh, or maybe eerie is the wrong word, but it's definitely a pivot, and I'm sure people can relate to like just kind of being done with something. And in a way I'd written hysterical and I'd been working on it for a good amount of time. And then when it was obvious that no, no theater was going to be happening for a while, I was like, I'm ready to, um, I'm ready to do new projects. Gotcha. You wanted to get out of your system. I was, yes, I was so eager. I was like, I was constipated and I was just ready to go. And <laughs> so I just, yeah I pivoted and I it totally took on a new identity from what I had envisioned but that's like part of the magic of film and magic of getting a team together yeah well because it's a totally different perspective right because I've obviously one man shows have been filmed before and shown on 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 tv or, or, or movies but but basically like you like you're not doing it continuously you can kind of pick your shots you could pick your frames close up, long shot, kind of like, there's so many aspects of the filmmaking experience that you could kind of manipulate and change the tone, I guess, right? Yeah, that was spot on. And it's it was really important for me to get a good team together. I, my director, Mia Fowler, and our cinematographer, Cyrus Duff, we kind of became uh, a trio. We kind of co, we, we didn't really have strict roles like me at some point was doing set design and I was doing catering, you know, it was to kind of um, everybody's skill sets. We were just in this together mm -hmm. and having multiple minds work on visualizing it, especially when people are fluent in other mediums like Cyrus's ability to envision things. I, I mean, I've, as you've seen, I love the cinematography of hysterical it's above and beyond anything. And when I first got them together, I, my vision was just basically, I would perform it and yeah. get some nice shots and maybe do a take a, a scene, a take or whatever. But I basically just wanted to just be like, all right, I'll perform this as I would if there was an audience. Yeah. And then it, it, it be, occurred to us, well, it occurred to him and Mia mostly because they didn't have this like history with it of envisioning it as a theater performance. They had the freedom to be like to to use the medium of film itself in order to add to the storytelling. Mm -hmm. So that's like the VHS home videos in or the weird editing um, or even the like reveal at one point that the audience isn't even there. Mm -hmm spoiler alert, it was like, yeah, things that I wouldn't have thought of on my own. And I'm, you know, one yes. plus one is greater than two when it, it comes to. I'm just curious about, because it was almost like when COVID happened, it was like, it was almost like you're, whereas as a professional athlete uh, was forced to like 
like play game without an audience and you were kind of yeah. forced to do the one man show without an audience. It must've been kind of weird doing it because I guess you're so used to kind of getting the energy from the audience. Yes, um, yeah. absolutely. I mean, listen, I'm honestly surprised that we won a comedy festival. A lot of people I've, I've gotten comedic feedback from people, which is surprising to me because I'm trained in comedy. Mostly I've done a lot of improv and sketch and stand up and uh and then other just straight plays but a lot of improv comedy experience and so i'm really good and it's one of my favorite things to read an audience especially when it comes to like comedy yeah so i'm confident in my ability to do that with an audience and show that it is in fact a comedy but to not to have complete silence when i'm like regurgitating bird food into my baby bird's mouth and then it's just nothing yeah and you just do it again it's so so eerie yeah because because you were because me mentally this is a this is something you wrote for an audience right yes so like so from a creative standpoint that's was your perspective so it's like to switch it like that and kind of inner like once it's literally once in a lifetime, because it's like, this is like in our lifetime, this has never happened before in the last hundred years. Right. So this is yeah. like, this is new territory. Yeah. Well, I've never really thought about it like that. I have thought that this is kind of a cool time capsule of showing what artists do in response to the environment. Like it, it just COVID has its thumbprint on hysterical. I've thought about that and it is, it, it is, I thought about it in, in terms of like, just like, yep, this is in response to COVID in some ways, but I never, it could be informative, like in a history aspect to future artists or just people who are curious as to like what theater could look like, or even just evidencing how important theater can be. Cause I think it is a little creepy and weird to see nobody in the audience still. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's been, of course, like, and then all of a sudden you can like do, do a performance and all of a sudden it's like cut and then like, okay, let's do that again. <laughs> and oh my do this and do, do this instead. And it was like, it's not kind of like what you're used to, I guess. Right. No, not at all. And you know, I'm not going to tell anybody what to pay attention to, but you can see how not used to theater or to film. I am about just like continuity. Yeah. <laughs> Well, nobody, if, you, if the thing with continuity in film is that if you're into the story, nobody, nobody sees it. You know what I mean? Nobody sees continuity errors. I've been blessed by nobody pointing out some of, some of the things that, that have, um, that have occurred. And, uh, yeah, just some of the sausage making behind there is really, um, remarkable to even just having a piece in and of itself that is like hysterical is an alive thing. Like, the way I wrote it, in a live piece that is performed with a live audience. But then now to just be like, actually it's done. Like it's a, it's now it's a, it's a unit that exists in and of itself. It's like a package, so to speak. Like this is the time I told that story and it's, it, it's fixed, which is so another like very unfamiliar feeling for me um, as like a mostly theater performer. It's just exciting. So do you ever plan on showing, doing a one woman show, like a, like a one man show, like, like of this production to an audience? I, no. 
No. I don't think I will do that. I think I'm in love with the film. And if someone came to me and wanted to do it, I would. I would want to maybe do it in a different way. I don't know off the top of my head what decisions I would make that are different. Um, but I'm, all, I'm just really curious as to what it becomes outside of me. And so if somebody came to me with a different vision for it, I would be very down for that. But my intention is more to, to tell other stories or help other people tell their stories by being an actor in their, in their thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning. So you, you sat down and wrote this show. Obviously it's a very personal show to say the least. It's really about you and your mother, correct? And I'm assuming your mother is still alive. So yeah. what does she think of the, <laughs> what does she think of the production of the film? The thing. She loves it. She's in it. Yeah. That's her at the end. Okay. She loves it. I didn't it. know if it was an actor or, okay. Yeah, I was surprised. I felt very like, I, this is, it was very difficult. Um, the process of finding the boundaries between what's my story to tell right and what's yeah. for information and so i before i did it i read it to her and i was i was shaking i was never that nervous because i worked so hard on it and i had already gotten the ball rolling on the film and i just knew i had to tell this story and i i was shaking and i read the script to her on our back porch and you know it took like an hour or whatever um and she was laughing and then she was, you know, crying and she was holding my hand and she said, it was so hard. It was so hard. And we just hugged each other for a few minutes and we didn't, we never talked about any of that stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was afraid she was going to deny it, which is kind of one of my biggest fears is like, Am I crazy? Is my memory wrong and all that stuff? Like I, yeah. I really cross check all facts that I say. And I, I'm, I, I'm a very thorough person. And so I really, really did like a good chronology. I have, I'm one of five. And so I have like other perspectives to double check. Like, did this happen then? Yeah. And then, and then, so I, I was trying to be as accurate as I could, but there's always a possibility that like, oh, maybe I'm misremembering things. Maybe I'm warping things, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, she has the, the, we've never talked about any of it before. And so I was really in the best possible way. I was really shook by her response and she's watched it on her own since then. And she just can't stop telling me how much she loves it. Yeah. Well, it's really a love story, right? So like, it makes sense. But if you, but she has that perspective and like, kind of like see the truth, I guess, right? Which is hard for people, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm so, this film's helped me grow so much. And it also opened up this dynamic with me and my mom where I can see how much she grew by even in her own small way, just by watching my film and not rejecting it yeah. is accepting what happened. And, uh, and accepting my love, which... Yeah, I'm sure it was therapeutic for, for both of you, so... For sure, for sure. And I've gotten good feedback from other people, mostly females, who are telling me about their personal stories. Mm. 
um, and how they can also relate in their own way. And that was kind of my hope because I've noticed tensions between mothers, daughters, grandmothers, daughter, granddaughters, just that lineage I've noticed is something happens. If you want to know what I think happens, watch the film. And I was hoping that some people would be able to re relate to it. And I've gotten some feedback that it is cathartic for an audience member to watch as well, which is so meaningful to me. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm curious, did you talk to your siblings when you were writing this about like, about fact checking and, and like the, and what was their, if you did, what was their opinions of what you're writing? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I talked mostly to my sister, uh, who's she, I mentioned her in the film. She's five years younger than me. So she doesn't remember as much. Um, but her, read on the, the my mother me all the characters is somewhat is is one that I really respect and I also fact check a lot with um my dad just in terms of like me my attitude and chronology I would never ask fact check things <laughs> about my mom with my dad but um <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> at a long time ago <laughs> yeah but yeah, and you know, my brothers are, uh, I, I would share things with them, um, but they, they, my older brother, Peter, is very, very supportive of my arts and always down to sit and listen. And they are always down to sit and listen. It's just other dynamic of who I feel most comfortable sharing that with. Mm -hmm. I definitely leagues above my brothers and they'll have no problem hearing this. Um, my sister, hands down, is, and I, I read this to her, I read this to her and my dad when I had it done, we were standing on my front porch when I read it to them. And they just, I don't know why we didn't sit down, but we just stood up the whole time and I read it to them. And uh, they were both really receptive to it as well. Well, but yeah, because it's emotional. I'm, 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 I'm sure everybody's standing up, right? So, and they're also worried about like, say, you're gonna say, you know what I mean? It's like, it's about, if it's something that's about the family, about them, it's like, it's pretty intense, I guess, right? So. It's very intense, which yeah. again, like I felt so confident in my ability to show how much it was a love story if I was in person with an audience because I can read them. Yeah. But in film is like, oh my God, is this going to be so heavy handed? But it, it, it worked, in my opinion, it works. And part of it is the, beyond just the directing and cinematography, which I can't say enough about, is like the music as well for me was like, yeah, it's about tone. They nailed the tone. Like there's different tones. Like I was, we were talking in cinematic tone is different from a theater tone because you're on stage by yourself. So you can set the tone yourself. But when yes. you're making a film, you can't do that. You're the performer. The director has to set the tone, right? And keep yes. that tone throughout. So in the different hands, this could be a real serious film in many ways, the way even the way it's shot, right? So, but she kept yes. it funny. She kept it comedic, I guess, right? Yes, that, I mean, that was my goal. I was like, Mia, and she has a background in comedy. She's very, very funny. And she really threw in some great directions to me. I, I really lucked out. She was a friend of a friend and now she's my direct friend. And I really lucked out having the ability to work with her because she just has a really good comedic instinct. And she's very deep and brilliant as yeah. well. So 
Okay, so how did that happen? Okay, so you're when are you when were you set to do the one man show? Like what what like like somewhere in the spring of 2020? The summer. The summer. Okay, so you're set to do it summer. So you're already rehearsing probably. So March rolls around and it's like okay, we got to shut down for a bit. So it might be one month, two months, and then you're kind of figuring out okay, this is going to last a long time. So let's what what month were you in when you figured out okay, let's turn this into a, a film. You remember? I remember it was August. Okay. That I contacted Mia first. So it would have been late July, August. And I remember I was doing a workout on a track and she was able to talk then. So I called her and I remember physically, I was covered in sweat. I work out really hard. I'm a beast, no big deal. And then I had met her for the first time or like, phone, talked to her, met her for the first time. I had no idea anything about her. And we just clicked. And I was like, I really hope she wants to do this. Cause I just was honest. And I told her, uh, I told her the deal. And then, yeah, then she was down. So we started assembling a team and Cyrus was recommended to me by a friend. We were friends in college. And so uh, I was so happy that he lived close by. He and Mia live very close proximity to each other in Brooklyn right. and now we're besties and work together all the time. Um, so it's really nice to be that little uh, note of connection, that little spark of life and that friendship. Uh, and then, yeah. And then I had to find a sound person. So I just asked around to find a sound person. Cyrus so you really had, produced this film. Like you really brought the team together. Oh man. I produced this. I wrote it, performed it, produced it. I, hosted everybody in my apartment I told you I catered I cooked for everybody um I got the drove the U-Haul to Manhattan and <laughs> all the equipment and oh wow so yeah, who did the who did the production design who like the art direction um well in terms of cinematography all of that was Cyrus's vision no I mean the sets the sets and like like the costumes and like me and Mia me and Mia figured that out. I guess I could also say I did for set design as well in some ways. Mia did a lot of the set design once we were actually in the theater. We planned it together. But I had to go to the back of warehouses in the middle of the night and get those pallets by myself. I was like a little bird getting like one pallet here. I'd see a pallet on the side of the road. I'd be like, put that in my trunk and just like making my little pallet nest. You like, and, did you like steal it at, a where, at the back of a warehouse or something? Or like... <laughs> Some of them, some of them. Grocery store? <laughs> I, yes, but I got permission to the grocery store because those were a little bit, those were the big wooden the ones. big ones, yeah, yeah. Those were too, I couldn't be nonchalant about that. <laughs> They're called, like, in, like, I'm, I worked, I, I grew up in the grocery store industry. They're called skids. They call, they're like, that's the, the slang. They're called skids. If only I known that. Oh, really? That. yeah I didn't I had no idea what they were called I just was looking around for those wooden things I just knew I wanted it yeah. to look like a shipping like farm yeah yeah now you know now they're yeah that's what that's what they are so like so <laughs> for, your, for your next one man show right so yeah I am growing a lot of produce this summer so who knows maybe I will need shipping containers for those. <laughs> So, okay. So, okay. So you got, so, uh, where did you connect? How did you connect with, uh, it's a Mia, right? Yes. 
So I asked one of my friends who, um, her name's Walker. I asked her if she wanted to direct it. She wasn't able to, cause she was going away, um, to Seattle and I'm based in uh, near New York. Okay. And so she said, but I have this friend Mia who directed things that I've done. I've written in and I trust her with my life. And she gave me Mia's contact info and we talked on the phone and bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> okay. Bada bing, bada so you just connected. So, okay. So then tell me about, okay. So you guys started working together. So where did you, where did you shoot it? Where like in a, in a where were you going to do your one man show? Yeah. Shout out Fairfield theater co one fortunate thing. This is another reason why we kind of did it in a theater is that during this time period, yeah, um, we knew that there's nothing theater, happening. Happy, exactly. Yeah. They're happy yeah. to have us use. That's what theater. I. That's what I figured. That you. That's where you shot it, right? So yeah, it has that feel to it too. It has that kind of vibe that you're in a theater. Yes. So. Yeah. So it was a. It's a Fairfield Theater Company, which is near where I live. I worked with John Reed and Ian. Ian was a very, very nice person and let us stay many, many hours past when our contract was supposed to end, mm -hmm. as you might have ascertained uh, throughout a lifetime of film. Things don't always go on schedule, sure. normally don't go on um, according to schedule. Yeah. So we in that, that theater space. It was awesome. <laughs> so how many <laughs> days did you shoot it? How long did it take you to shoot the film? Let's play a game. Why don't you take a guess how many days we had to shoot it? Um, well, I'm looking at the film, a lot of long shots, right? There's a lot of long shots, but then there's a lot of uh, focus pulling that, that needs to occur. Um, I, I, mean, I think five days. I think you get it in a week. Four days. Four days. Okay. So I got, I got pretty close. We only had two days in a theater. We had a luxurious amount of time to film those five minute five minutes in the middle of the piece where we're not in the theater we had two full days for that one, okay. day, one day of filming that we're running really really fast and then two days in the theater um and it was really stressful mm. it was really stressful but it was i mean it was good we 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 only went over like six hours and uh, this is none of us had ever done a feature like film before either and so none of us really knew what we were getting into but it was like right. oh well, yeah i'll perform it a few times i could get in like let's say if we have a nine hour day i could perform mm -hmm. the show nine times and we could just be good to go but there's so much i don't i didn't understand yeah well he's got some dolly shots in the film too right so that takes time and he's got He's got some like focus. He's like I said, he's got a lot of focus pulling because you're all over the place on stage. Yes. They got to keep you in focus, right? That well, that's not easy. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty no. good handiwork on his part. He did amazing. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah. So watching it, I'm not even listening to what's happening. I'm just so which adds to the air of it, of it being so enchanting. To me, at least, I feel like really magical, like it's a magical world in there is that it's so beautiful. Yeah. And when did you do, there's some moments of black and white. Was it like, obviously you got, you got cinematic, right? So then when did you guys decide that in editing to make certain sequences black and white? 
Yeah, that was actually beforehand. So we decided because it was a, it's a cycle, right? It's a, a cycle of memories and loops and understanding deeper and deeper. Yeah. So we um, originally when we were going to do it, a one person show, we were going to do it a theater in the round kind of like clock. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's the, you see that a lot in one man, right? The, yes. The, yeah. Yes, which I was ready to nail, nail. I was like, yeah, I'm not afraid, like get it all around me. But then it was like, when we were adapting it to film, it just wouldn't really make that much sense. And we did a half circle and we wanted, as we went through the memory to kind of like slowly go around the circle, like a, like a clock. Yeah. And then we had the idea as well to kind of have both the VHS camera um and whenever we flash back to that memory it was in in black and white which adds to the sort of this is a separate thing it almost makes it a little less yeah a little more uh, ethereal or a little less real when mm -hmm. it's in black at least that was my impression so we decided in planning to film that we were going to do the memories in um which we call the potatoes yeah. okay so those are their potatoes uh, in black and white and then all the thoughts in me in real time now would be in color yeah that's so cool okay so so it's really just kind of like the four I guess you had the three of you and then you had a sound person I'm assuming too right on set yeah well we had um we had shout out council she helped Cyrus a lot we yeah. had uh um we had one other dolly pusher assistant Tarek yeah and then uh, my boyfriend came in clutch, as did his friend who had a pickup truck, because um, those were crucial for the skids. And we, he helped with like a lot of the loading and unloading. And I also like to shout out Hub and Spoke, a local restaurant that had one of those wooden platforms just sitting outside of it for the past like for like three years before. Um, there's a wooden platform that we use in it. Uh, that's as a bed. We use it as a bed. And that was just sitting outside of this restaurant near me for years. And I just asked if I could have it. And they were like, if you could pick it up. And so I sent my boyfriend and Tarek to go do it. And they did. So shout out to everybody in that situation, because that was a very disgusting and difficult thing to do. Um, worth it, I would say. I was very happy. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so you, you, it's it's a so how are you feeling like after the after like production is done after you performed and you got everything in the in the can like how are you feeling because you're like you got different roles right you're like obviously you wrote the piece but you're most you must be emotionally exhausted after performing it plus you're producing at the same time right yeah are you feeling it good? was a it was a lot yes yes now well now i've recuperated and i'm now recuperating from other things sure, <laughs> but, yeah. but like at the day as soon as you did the last shot how are you feeling oh my god well the last shot was with my mom i think oh no the last shot was not with my mom see the last shot was this is a difficult question just because we were running six hours late and so i immediately sure. like, need to get out of here clean up pack up ship up whatever gotcha. um so but the next day I, it felt like a fun little secret that i had with me everywhere i went for the for for a while like, i did this thing like i wear the hats i made hats for everybody that have like a it's like an outline of a potato and then like a labia 
Um, so it's just like, this is a secret hat for my secret friends. And we did this thing together and you can't, can't see it. You can't see it maybe for a year or two years or whatever, but it just felt like this crazy thing I was holding with me and carrying around. Like I just did this. So it's very exciting and like very, a very proud. And to be honest with you, I don't think I ever really had a moment where I let myself be fully proud. And I think it's a little, uh, maybe it's not late. I don't know. Never done this before, but I think it's just been a slow process of me accepting mm-hmm. that it and that it's done. And the editing process kind of prolonged the sense of like, it's still, it's still not done. And so I still don't feel fully like relieved. Yeah. And so I think it's just been so prolonged at this point. I haven't had a moment where it's just like, <sighs> yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Cause well, I think you've learned, I get think I'm like stuck about post-production um, because I've, I'm thinking, I'm assuming you've learned that basically that's where the movie gets made. Right. So. Yes. Yes. So tell me about the music. Did you have the music in mind before you started cutting the film or did it, when did the music come in? No. So the music, I always knew even before when it was going to be a theater production, I knew I wanted my friend Charlie Romano um, to compose the music for it because he's a brilliant composer. I've seen musicals he's written. We, he was in my um, improv group in college. He, he, it was a musical improv group. So he was the pianist. I really trusted him. He understood me and I wanted him on it. And then as it developed, I realized like, all right, I'm going to have to table this for now. We're going to focus fully on the film and the visuals of it. And then afterwards I'll contact you again, Charlie. And so then he watched it a few, you know, once the final cut was ready and well not the final cut but pretty much and I was like have at it that's the thing with people I trust which was everybody that was involved on this film I was like I'm not really attached to it I like collaborating so I'm like just do it Charlie Mm -hmm. take it thing and I didn't even think to include classical Irish instruments on it and here the whole thing is kind of about potatoes and my ancestors and all that and he was just like yeah I thought I'd use exclusively Irish uh traditional instruments and I was like oh my god you're a genius and I I had to drill it in him I was like it needs to be lighthearted 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 um this is it can be a little bit a little bit harder here but it all, but it has to end in love. Like this is a love story. Yeah. Uh, music was really able, like is able to finalize that. This is going to read for the most part, how I'm intending it to read, which is a love story. And so the music was really a piece de resistance that made me confident in showing it to other people. Cause I don't like seeming melodramatic. <laughs> okay okay so then that's awesome i love that so then yeah because they obviously change they change the vibe of the film it's something you can't have in a one-man show you can have it but you know what i mean it's not from the cinematic standpoint because you have a, it's yeah. a score he basically wrote you a score right so he wrote a score. yep he wrote a score which is amazing okay so tell me about the editing process were you involved in it like from like what was your process in it because you're watching yourself on camera right you're watching your takes you're watching like 
So that's tough for a lot of actors, right? To see themselves like that. Yeah, I guess maybe that is, I don't know if that is that typical for films that you, uh, for, for those you interview with actors being involved in the editing process? Well, it depends. Most of them kind of stay away, but I guess it's like, it's that, that art of like removing your ego aside because sometimes you're like, I don't like that take because whatever angle that you're looking at, it was like your chin is a different way and you know, you're looking at your vanity, right? So it's yeah. like, I don't like the way I look in that film. So, but it serves the story the best way. That's the best take. But yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like that you have to remove your ego and yeah. kind of see yourself as not you, I guess. See yourself as serving the story. That's a great point. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm very grateful for this ca- capacity I have to kind of um, separate my personal ego from the, the end result of the film. I want the film to be as best as it can possibly be. And I want the people who are actually good and specialized in these things, for example, Cyrus with editing and Mia with her director's vision, I want them to spearhead that stuff. And so it was really, I'm not really controlling in that way. And I'm also, I'm not, I've never thought about it before, but I'm like sitting here now thinking for the first time how I'm grateful that I don't really get caught up in that vanity. I cringe a lot. It's very difficult for me to watch it. It's very difficult for me to absorb and um, not criticize myself or past decisions and to let let myself really just be like not to not be like oh no oh no oh no is this gonna work what am I doing so it's more hardship on me than trying to control what gets included in the editing process but I was there the whole time I watched every iteration of it um I gave some feedback I mostly like let Mia and Cyrus kind of take over on that because I felt like that was more the, their domain and I trusted their eye on it. And I'll say this with um, the edit, with re- just to answer your question, because I think it's fascinating, like watching myself, yeah, watching how I react to watching myself and everybody, like people, I do radio and sometimes people, you know, you can listen to yourself as you talk because you got headphones on people get so uncomfortable hearing their own voice. It's, it's just, cause it's, it's so it's recent. From our, how you sound yourself, yeah. Yeah, our brains aren't wired to, to do it. We haven't had recording technology until like, I don't know, a century and a half. And but in the generation behind us, they're, they're listening to themselves all the time, right? So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't until like the mu- music was in it and it, it's almost final form that I was completely disembodied watching it. And I was able to watch it as if it wasn't even me. And I was just watching a film and I was like, I found myself, I noticed when I found myself laughing at my own jokes that I literally wrote and thought so much about and said a thousand times. And then I was like laughing at it as if I saw it for the first time. And I was like, it was an amazing, it was an amazing moment. I was like, I'm so happy proud of myself that I got to this point that's amazing okay so so I guess it was like it's one of those things you learn too is that and like it's a great film obviously but I'm sure that 
you they say that you you have to abandon the film you don't finish the film because it's never going to be exactly what you want right it's never going to be perfect but it's you know does that make sense to you like it's like but the, the job is done it's time to move on i guess right Yes, of course. I, of course. This is kind of what I was saying earlier about like when it's a theater piece, it's alive. Yeah. But now it's a final, it's a product that exists outside of me. And now it's like, it's its its own entity mm-hmm. now. I, the rollout, it's so crazy to just have a link I can send to someone. And then whatever, whoever is the audience member, whoever's seeing it, hysterical is whatever it is to them. Yeah. It's not. And, you know, that is just so it's so trippy and to, like you said i have to abandon it like maybe there are things i would have done differently um or would do differently but i just am like time to tell new stories yeah <laughs> right. that, yeah but it's there now now it's there it's there forever so you can like watch it whatever your life is and your loved ones and 50 years from now you can either 60 years from now you can show it to them it's, it's going to be there forever Man, I really wish this happens or something like this happens for everybody. I don't, not everybody's an artist, not everybody's a writer, not everybody's a performer, but just the ability to therapeutically, comedically for me was really important to, to do this, to create this. And I want to create more. I think I have more stories to tell. Um, I definitely am a team player and want to help other people tell stories. I'm pretty good at helping others flesh out and kind of do what I I did. But I'm so grateful. I feel like it's a very rare life experience to have something like this that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. That's like, wow, my brave. I already see the person who made that, even though it was like two years ago when I was really hunkering down, 2020 doing this. I see her as like a little baby and I'm like I'm so proud of you for doing this this is such a brave move of you it's so important and crucial for your for your health and your your evolution as a person and I really hope like people who have their stories that they want to tell even if they're not storytellers they or they don't feel like they are they find a way of telling a little sliver of the story um because it's very meaningful <laughs> that's awesome okay so then you guys finish the film you're submitting the festivals including ours and i hope it's doing well for you on the festival circuit what did you think about our uh sending we send you the audience uh feedback video what was your reactions to the audience talking about your film um it was moving it was very moving and i received the audience feedback before or at least i watched the audience feedback before i saw that we had won anything and it felt so satisfying just seeing, okay, five people got it. Like whatever, however many individuals there were in the movie. I think there's eight or usually eight to 10, but okay, five, that's fine. Eight, eight to 10. <laughs> this is amazing. They get it. They're telling me I said something and did something and showed it to them. And then they're digesting it. And then pretty accurately reporting what they observed and they're feeling the things that I hoped people would feel. If that's only 10 people, that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Just hearing those voices was so important 
for me because the only people that have seen it are people that I know so far besides in other other festivals mm -hmm. so I haven't heard back from anyone that doesn't know me yeah exactly um, it was amazing I'm very grateful that you you all did that thank you that's so cool so it's doing well like it's like uh you're like pushing it out there what are you like what do you ideally what would you love to have this film like just I think it's like probably maybe like it's it's this is such a new territory for you. Like if I told you three years ago that this is what's going to happen, you'd be like, that's crazy. But yeah. then life got involved and this is what happened. Right. So what do you kind of, what are your plans with this film? You just want to get it out there to the festival circuit maybe get sold. Who knows what, is that what you're looking for? Whoa. Uh, no, I haven't even thought about selling it. <laughs> I want to get it out to the festival circuit, um, which you're helping. Thank you. And I want people to see it and I want it, people to get inspired by it or at least laugh or get moved something from it. Doesn't have to be everybody. It won't be everybody, but people. And again, since we're being honest here, since it's just you and me, yeah. I'll say I want to collaborate with people. And if somebody sees it and sees my vision or like their my style yeah and collaborate with me i'm very open to collaborating with people because i really worked hard on telling my story and bootstrapping everything you know the whole we talked about it like the production side of things the writing and performing and everything mm -hmm. i'd really like to be taken on to a project and kind of apply my creative mind to somebody else's fodder so that's kind of my hope is that i meet a person, a group of people that want to collaborate on more. And then the film, my hope for the film is that people see it and it moves people. And maybe someone even wants to share it with somebody else because they think it will move them. That would be amazing for me. Gotcha. And if I'm your manager or your agent, I would say, yeah, look at her. Look how talented she is. Do you want to work with her? Like, like this is her showcase. This is like, and I guess that's what you're saying in your in your creative way. It's like, it's like, this is a showcase of your talent and I want to do more. I want to do more creative work and uh, who wants to work with me? Yeah, that's the best way of putting it. That was really good. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations uh, on this film. Uh, do you have the bu acting bug now or is theater still your love? I mean, sorry, do you have to move the film bug or is theater still your love? I would say theater is still my love. I mean, it's still been a while, but I would say for sure, for sure theater. Gotcha. Well, you're in the right part of town, I guess, to, to do that, right? So everything's kind of picking up and going crazy. So I wish you the best. And I, I'm sure you probably have a couple more uh, one woman shows in you or one man shows in you or one person shows. What do, they, what do they call it now? One person shows? Is that the best way to call it now? Maybe. I don't know. I've, I've been calling it one woman show because okay. I'm trying to open my womanhood. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was you were able to say that anymore. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just like. Oh, no. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I guess, but you can say it's a one woman show. I'll say I'm going to do one woman show. Open yeah. to anything. Hey, um, yeah. right now I'm, I'm feeling like a woman. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank well, congratulations. And let's talk again when either when you're out there and uh, and we'll I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. Thank you for everything. This was very fun. One, two, three, four, five, six. Incorporated. We're gonna do it. Give us any chance, we'll take.